0: Welcome back to the Value-Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value of an Investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving. Because together, anything is possible. Yeah, so I'm excited and and I'm excited because obviously, you know, we are into a whole nother year of the Value Driven Investor podcast. We're still in the survival phase and you might be going, gosh, what are we? How many episodes are we in? Like something like 30 episodes in and we're still in the survival phase. And that's the whole point here is that's why we're creating a podcast that's a timeline because, yeah, the survival phase is it takes a while it takes years to get out of the survival phase grant you were talking about this yesterday um when we were talking about uh different things and you said you know it's funny that you say that we're still in the survival phase because it feels like i'm just starting to get out of the survival phase tell tell them a little bit about that because that was a good conversation it was a good point and you've been in the survival phase for you know a couple years or whatever it is but give them some insight on that
1: yeah. 2018 I really got going Uh, so yeah what three years going on four years and you know a lot of it's just figuring stuff out and trying to figure out and then when you get traction somewhere you're able to get that and then you then you can build a system around it that gives you continuous results you know and a lot of people are stuck in that survival phase and that's what I was thinking even after we got done talking you're stuck in that survival phase because you don't get consistent results because you're not doing taking consistent actions and for the whole last year of my business, you know, once we kind of figure out what drove our business, I've been like, okay, now how can we systematize everything, make it an assembly line, and, and make it like a production, you know? And that's probably like was one of the biggest things. And and now it's like, once that realization hit, you know, in 2021 or 2020 going into 2021, I knew systems was the thing for the you know our, our keyword for the year. Um, then I, I realized, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this everything I can. And now I finally feel like. 2022 is going to be like, I'm out of my survival phase. So, and I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast are like, are you kidding me? This guy's super successful already. There's ups and downs and roller coasters, you know, with uh, real estate investing. And you, there's times where you, are like, where's my next deal going to come from? Or there's times I have so many deals. How am I going to fund my next deal? You know? And so now it's like, everything is just really getting smoothed out. And so that's why I'm like, I'm really excited for 2022. Yeah. You know, now that we're here. Um, just to just to keep going with that and, and, and get into the next phase. So.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited, too. And, I, you know, I think about that, too. And I feel like you always come back to survival phase for me anyways. After 17 years, I always go back to survival phase situations. I think that's always something that's going to you're going to be. In a survival phase in one way, shape or form or going through the principles of the survival phase in one way, shape or form. I think for your whole career, I I know I have over 17 years because you're trying different strategies and you're in different stages of different strategies and different stages of putting different things together in your business plan and all these different things and relationships and all this stuff. And I feel like the only thing that really allows me to say that I am in the thriving phase is, number one, that I have a pretty solid amount of consistent Cash flow coming in that uh, I I could say that I'm I genuinely could retire and I could live a very you know reasonable life uh, and and support my family and pay my bills and all that stuff. So that to me is one of the key indicators because I think a lot of people need to think this through is like that's a key indicator to me saying you know what you're you're out of the survival phase and you're into that thrive phase, Murph. The other key indicator for me was where I really feel like I, I I can say that I'm in the thrive phase is that. I do have a business. And what do I mean by that? Is that I have people doing certain things. And because they're doing those certain things, I don't have to do them. And I can gradually scale myself back from having to build a house, deal with the customer, put together contracts, deal with certain marketing aspects, deal with all these things that go into running a business. And that's part of the survival phase is that. When you get into the Thrive phase, you all of a sudden put people in place so you can come back and you can see the bigger vision because that's what you are. At the end of the day, Bob and I are the visionaries for the business. Like that's what we're really good at. We can't be doing everything because you're not in the Thrive phase if you're doing everything just to keep your business afloat. And I would say that's why I really feel like I'm in the Thrive phase, but I don't ever fool myself and think that survival still isn't on the cusp of new adventures. Like when I'm looking into commercial property, like right now I'm in the survival phase of trying to phase into commercial property. I don't know commercial well enough to feel like, oh my gosh, I got this thing all figured out. I don't have systems in place to be like, oh yeah, I got deal flow, I got money, I got all this stuff going, coming in, like, no. So you have to understand that the survival phase is is fundamental. Like as you grow and expand, you will go back into the survival phase on new things that you're trying to implement. But the thrive phase, like I said, it's about a key couple different factors, and I feel like if you have those factors, which is cash flow, and systems, and you're able to pull yourself out and be that visionary that you need to be to really grow a business, then I you are in the th- thrive phase. Don't fool yourself. So that's how I wanted to kick off this year. Now, what does that have to do with this podcast episode? So this podcast episode is about the introductions to strategies for finding deals. Now. Who doesn't want to listen to a podcast that talks about strategies that are going to help you find your first deal, your 20th deal, your 100th deal, or keep finding more deals because you're trying to scale? Well, you know what? Grando and I want to bring three different strategies that we can talk about over, the, over this month of January because we want to deep dive into it. And we want to share with you some of the best strategies and some of the best things that we do to pull in deals on a regular basis. And some of these strategies, like there's a strategy that I use that's made me millions and I'm not lying, millions of dollars. It's made me millions of dollars and you're going to laugh at how stupid, simple it is. But again, it's not about the strategy. It's about who's executing it. It's about how are you testing it? And it's about, are you quitting on it? Because the one thing I found out over the years is that when you're doing marketing, in the beginning is the most frustrating part of marketing because you never feel like it works. And you feel like all it's doing is sucking money out of you until it starts working, until you start testing it, until it starts making you money. And now you're like, oh my God, and you just keep dumping more money in it. You don't even think about how much money you're putting into it because the ROI is so stupid. When you put a couple thousand bucks, 5,000 bucks, and you get 25, 35, $50,000 in one transaction back, like then it doesn't even matter. That happens once and you're like, okay, that's in place. Fund it, put it on autopilot because you know what? All I need is one, two, three deals and I'm good to go. And that brings me back to something I want to talk about before we get into this today. And that's this big project that I have going on. I have a big $2 million project going on uh, and I've brought it up several times over the podcast. And you know, it's it's this project is going to take probably – 18 months from the second I met these people to the hopefully the end of the build, which is going to be hopefully in the middle of 2022. But this is going to be an epic house in an epic location on Linden Hills Boulevard. I've told you guys about this, but what's exciting and what I wanted to bring up today is that um, I just went out and bought the GoPro and I bought the GoPro because I'm going to film the demo of this house. And this is a pretty significant house. This demo, because it's a big two-story, it's a hundred-year-old house. Um, I think the demo alone is going to be around twenty grand, and that's the most expensive demo that we've ever had. Now, why is it? Because number one, the amount of trucks and dumpsters that we're going to fill is going to be stupid. Because it's, I think it's like a thirty-six hundred square foot house, and it's old. Plus, there's we got to do a bunch of extra crap for asbestos and all these things because it's a hundred years old. It's it's pretty crazy what we have to do just to demo this hundred year old house. And so I'm going to record that on my GoPro. And then the other thing that I'm doing, because I really want you guys to know that, you know, Grando and I, we don't just talk the talk, like we walk the walk. And so I've hired a videographer for the next three projects that I have. So we're going to have a videographer that's going to go through what I call the property story, Grando and I call these property stories that we, I'm going to document this build on this $2 million house. But the thing is, I got two more awesome projects. I got another pop the top that I'm doing that we are going to get started here. We're waiting on permit, but we're going to get started. And that's going to come up in 2022. I'm going to document it. I'm going to have a full documentation of the build all the way through. Now, you know, am I going to show you every single little nuance? No, because it's freaking going to take a year for all these projects, roughly speaking, six months. So, no, I'm not going to have everything. But. I'm gonna have enough for you to really know, man, these guys do what they say they do. And then the other one that I'm super excited about is a spec, like literally a spec that I just finished designing. I showed Grando what it was. And it's this cool house that I'm building into a hill. And I'm gonna film that one too. And I'm gonna show you guys what it's like to build. It's gonna be hopefully a $2 million house that I'm building on spec into a hill, again, in the Linden Hills neighborhood. And uh, hopefully I sell it because if I don't sell it, It's gonna suck, but you know what? That's the beauty of it, because I want you guys to be on the journey with me. And that's honestly the funnest part for me at being an investor, and I know Grando feels the same way, is like the rush of building stuff, the rush of going into a deal and seeing it through, and then finally having that vision that you need to have come true, which is you build it, they will come, you sell it and you look at your bank account and you're like, let's do it again. <laughs>
1: I love it. Isn't that it, man? Dude, that is so it. <laughs> I was cracking up during that. If it doesn't sell, it would suck. I was yes, like, it would. <laughs> $2 million home. You're like, if it doesn't sell, it would suck. You're right. But you know, it's that, it's that risk tolerance that you got to build up over time, you know? <laughs> well,
0: it's <laughs> risk tolerance. And it's also the fact that I've been in that market for over 10 years. And I, I mean, I really do feel like I have a good read on it. But the economy is unstable and i'm betting that i feel like the economy and everything will work in our favor but you know if i'm wrong it's a it's a big it's a big risk but again that's part of the game and if you want to grow go up into this infill development world that i live in and that grando's going to be working towards and he's building new construction that he will be living in you know what that's part of being a developer uh being a developer and being just a flipper investor there's two big differences and one of the big differences is money. You have to have a lot more money. And the biggest difference is risk. You have to be willing to take a bigger risk. And because with a bigger risk comes a bigger reward. So that's what I'm going to be recording. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with you guys. So you got to follow us on Facebook. Got to follow us on Instagram. Got to follow us on our our YouTube page. We're going to be doing some great things to try to diversify all this content that's going out. So let's get into it, Grando, because we got to get this party started. People want to know strategies for finding deals. I mean, if they're in the survival phase and exactly. they want to find a deal, this is the most valuable thing we can talk about. So let's get it started, buddy. Dude, you
1: want me to get it started? Like just everything off the top of my head, just tell you how. Yeah, I- like yeah, because I think it's going to be nuts. Okay. I don't think people understand everything that we do. How so many freaking ways to find deals in real estate. I mean, it's off the top of my head, you know, uh, first way I started, uh, you know, just looking at houses that I want to buy, mailing them, uh, Google, Google pay-per-click, Facebook ads, direct mail, equity list, probate, foreclosure, cold calling, texting people, uh, just, I don't know, like it just keeps, Craigslist, um, you know, there's like- Signs. uh, What's that? Signs, don't you do signs and stuff? You got signs that you can put out everywhere, uh, just just talking to other real estate agents, asking them when they have properties that, you know, that they they don't think can hit the market to call you, you buy them cash, you pay their thing, Uh, going to foreclosure auctions, uh, Facebook groups, yeah, Facebook groups, there's, there's so many freaking ways to find deals. It's like, and you know, the, I think the crazy thing about it is like, it's so overwhelming, like all the different ways that you can find deals that you have to pick one way to find deals, you know, and, and, and just start with that one and get traction in it and build a system around it so you can get out of that survival phase. And so, you know, I, my If I had to pick, like, the number one way that I would get started, you want to know, Tim? I know you already know this one.
0: Well, yeah, give it to me, man. What's your number one way?
1: It's the driving for dollars list. Like, going around, looking at houses that you actually know are run down, and you look at it, you write that address down, and you put them on a mailing list, and you send them the Tim Murphy letter of all time. (laughs) Really? That's it? It's that simple? (laughs) Dude, that's the thing. Like, that letter, you, you, you showed me that, like, gosh, I don't know, it might've been four years ago now. And you're like, this is how I'm doing all my deals. And I was like sitting there thinking, are you kidding me? This dude has made millions of dollars and built all these beautiful homes. And all he does is look at houses that are run down and he sends them a quarterly mailer. I was like, and I'm sure there's other ways and now you've got traction in different areas and people know who you are. But to think like that is the most simplistic way to actually find a deal that's crazy you know and looking at the house you know you want to buy it so when they when they call then they actually you know you actually know i should say that you want that house because you've already seen the outside of it and you know but what's crazy and you've told me this before but i didn't believe it is you know we've sent out mailers and it's like people will hold the mailer put it on their fridge or put it somewhere or store it and then when they do want to sell it might be a year later it might be two years later but they're like finally like hey uh, I want to sell and I got your letter. I was like sitting there and you can know by the, the change you've made in the letter, how long ago, you know, if they show you that letter, Hey, you sent me this. And they're like, Oh my God. You know, that was, that was two years ago. So
0: I got a great story to that because it's uh, actually, I just talked to a guy, his name's Phil. He's in yeah. his eighties. And uh, he called me off my letter and I identified his house in an Edina neighborhood. And I've been mailing him a letter. I probably mailed him three letters um, yeah. until he finally contacted me. And I have been talking with him for a couple years. And the first call was, what do you, what do you want? And I was like, Hey, I am you know, I'm a, I'm a builder. I'm an agent. Here's what I'm looking to do. If you ever are thinking about selling, I don't know if now is the right time. I would love to buy your house. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, well I'm not ready, but I am older and there might be a day. Well, then he called me this year. He called me a couple months ago and he's like, Hey, remember me? I'm like Phil. Yeah, that house over there in Edina. He goes, yep. He goes, you know what? I think it. We're getting close to that time. And ever since then, for the last couple of months, I've been talking with him. I went over to his house. I sat down with his wife. Uh, health is always a situation, and health is one of the situations of why they're like, you know what? I think I need to make a move here. I think I, I want to do it before health gets to a point where like now it's going to be hard. Yeah. And we walked through everything. And yesterday I called him back because he's like. You know what, Tim, get back to me. And so I got back to him yesterday, just yesterday, off this off this letter, this exact strategy that uh, Grandel's talking about, and I gave him a price. And he's like, I don't like that price. And I'm like, okay, I understand. I go, you know what, you got to do whatever you have to do. And if you need to talk to an agent or want to talk to other investors or whatever, but I'm giving you a price that I know I can make happen. And he goes, you know what, Tim, I really like you. My kids are going to know about you if I were to die. I mean, he always talks about he's like he's so open about like where he's at at 80 something years old. Like I could die tomorrow, man. And he's like, my kids know about you. Like all this. You guys think about this. His kids know about me. And he's like, I trust you. And you know what? Maybe this isn't the right price today. Maybe I just stay in my house. I don't know what I'm going to do. But you know what? My kids are going to know about you because you sent me a letter and you've always been good to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. This is this is a chance, and I just want to put it into perspective. It's a letter. The letter cost me, let's call it, I sent him three letters, it cost me ten bucks. Yeah. Ten bucks. This guy's calling. I'm I gave him an offer for a five hundred and fifty thousand on his house that I know I if I just it's a big rambler. If I just rehab that house, it'd be expensive, but I would probably make a couple hundred grand on that. If I tore it down, I'd make a couple hundred grand, maybe 300 grand on that, that whole project. We're talking about easily a 1.7, $1.2 million location off of a 10 bucks for a letter.
1: Dude, what's the ROI on that? Probably too, I'm too early for me to calculate that, dude, but I'm like sitting there thinking like that is, that is like in the thousands of percent ROI when you talk about that return on that investment, $10 investment, two to $300,000 out, that's insane. I actually have one that's not as good as that, but, Um, one, one of the mailers that we sent out a while ago, a guy came back and finally he's like, yeah, I've been holding your letter, this and that. And we end up, you know, snagging this house and it's a great house in a great neighborhood. Why? Because we know the houses that we want to buy in these neighborhoods. So the second that guy called my brother, my brother was on it, locking the seal up. And we're, we just got the place, you know, and and we got it for like three and a quarter we're going to rehab it, clean it back up, and we're going to put on the market for over 500. You know, it's like, or or maybe at 500, you know, kind of depending on the market, but it's a huge win. I was thinking just when you're saying that, because I actually didn't calculate like what, you know, how many dollars that goes into that, you know, it's like, and those mailers are so cheap, you know, it's like maybe 10 bucks, the same thing. And I'll make a hundred thousand dollars or $80,000 off the deal. It's like, it's insane. That's why it's so powerful when you can attract the person versus you trying to call them and ask, 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 right? So it's that attraction, I think that, that's why I like those lists and they're so easy to do and there's not, all you have to do is pick up the phone, you know? When well, yeah, so
0: that is the one of the best, I would agree with you. I think return on investment wise, that is probably one of the best things I've ever found. Now, we're gonna talk about that episode, we're gonna go into, or not that episode, we're gonna talk about that strategy in uh, next week's episode where we're going to dive deeper into it. And then, you know, Grando and I want to bring even more value. So what we're going to try to do over the course of time is build maybe even a course around just that strategy where we can show you the letter, where we can show you how we build out our list, how we track our list, how we follow up with these people, all these different things that we do. It's not rocket science, but everybody wants to know like, well, what do you do? I want to know exactly what you do. You know, Grant said the same thing to me when I said, oh, it's real simple. He's like, no, no, no. I want to know exactly what you do. Like every word that's in that letter, I want to see it. And so we already have that and we're going to build out a system. But Grant, let's go to number two. Like what's the number two best thing that you found that you can do to find deals?
1: The number two best thing that I find to find deals is is what I got started with uh, my website, Google Paperclip, rolling through that whole system. And and building that. It's really simple. I mean, all you have to do is create an ad on Google. It's very simple. And there's tons of ad examples out there. And everybody's like, Oh God, here we go. I can't do that. There's so many companies that will set you up. Like my website website provider, Carrot, you go to Carrot, you set it up, you know, get your Carrot site rolling. You can have that up inside of like 30 minutes. You start replacing the content. Then you go over to Google and you set up Google pay-per-click. There's so many tutorials out there on how to do it, and we'll be able to go over it more too. But Google Pay per Click really, like, um, I think probably fast forward my like investment, you know, process. You know, where the 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 letters and stuff are great, but it takes longer, maybe a little bit longer, um, to be able to connect with people, and you're not sure they're not quite sure they're ready to sell, but you never know. Um, what I loved about Google Pay or what I love about Google Pay per Click is when somebody searches those keywords and they put that targeted ad in front of them, or you come up in the SEO SEO because your your website's great, um, they have a problem that they're trying to solve. And so when they click on it and they fill out that form, it's almost just like those letters where they called you, now's the time. They're already saying, raising their hand, saying now is the time. It's competitive, it costs a lot of money, you know. but I don't know if you remember me saying a long time ago, oh, go ahead. I
0: was, I was just going to say, you know, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about in that episode is I, I think, you know, everybody wants to know, especially if they're in the survival phase and they're just in the beginning. Like, what does this cost? Because some people have the money that they can spend. Some people don't have the money. And that's why Grando picked the number one best strategy is driving for dollars because anybody can do it. I mean, you don't have to have a lot of money to do it. You have to be able to have more time than money. And so that's why it's one of the best strategies. But with Google Pay Per Click, that's what we're going to go into in that podcast episode. Is is cost tracking, return on investments, lead conversion, all these different things because it is a little bit more of a dynamic system that's going to take a little bit more implementation and more investment and those things. That's all I wanted to mention is just because yeah. I, hey. I know somebody's going. Well, how much does that cost?
1: What's it going to cost me? What's going to cost me, dude? It, it you know or if you remember me saying where I was going with that a long time ago, I'll never turn those ads off, like. You know, I started out at $500 because that's what I felt I could afford per month. Then I upped it to 1000 Then it's a 15 And it got to the point where I was like, I couldn't even spend the $1,500 a month, you know, on the ads. But so then I'd back it back down. But like, you know, say it's $12,000 in a year. Our like, our very first flip we did was off that ad. And it came in and it was in a little town called Oak Ridge. You know, it was my first project ever. And I was like freaking out about doing it. I got the house for $100,000. I just sold it this last year. We rehabbed it, kept it, rented it. We just sold it this last year. We walked away with $180,000. Oh, oh. <laughs> And what? so like, what do you think?
0: I mean, that was your first deal that was off PPC. Yeah. What do you think like that your cost was to get that deal?
1: Oh man. Like, so that was, I bet at that time, maybe I had, I mean, that was right in the beginning and we popped that lead. So it was probably a couple of months in, so 1500 bucks, you know? Yeah. 1500 bucks to make hundred grand. It's always, in my thinking is of any of these things, it's always focusing on the outcome, you know? And so say you go start with the first one, driving for dollars, you get some cash, you got to bank some cash for your marketing so you can parlay it into the next one because you're focused on the outcome that you want. You're not focused on the pain, oh, I'm spending this money, you know, right now, you got to be. But
0: that's a survival mindset is when you are focused on dollars instead of profits, when you're not willing to put something in to get more out, then you're not thinking like an investor. You're thinking like a survivor, like, oh, my gosh, how do I eat today? Oh, my gosh. How do I how do I shelter my family? Oh, my. That's survival mindset thinking. And that's one of the hardest things to get over when you're not financially in a situation where hey, $1,500, that's a lot of money. You're right, it is a lot of money. But you know what, you have to put time and money, you have to invest it to get something out. And who better to invest it in than yourself? You know, So you gotta believe in yourself, because the thing was, is Grando was like, okay, I'm gonna put this money in, but then that call happened. And see, that's what I think most people are scared of, is when that call happens, can I convert it?
1: Mm Yeah, dude, and quick advice on that, just be human, right? Talk to people like they're a human, you're a human, build a relationship. That's how you make that happen. That's how those deals work. You know it. You know, it's crazy to really think about that. And Google is like, I mean, they're, and they're so good, you know, because people are searching to fix problems. And and that's what Google's there for. That's yeah. why I say Google it. You know?
0: That's an awesome, uh, that's going to be an awesome topic. You know, the thing I was thinking about when you mentioned Carrot is we should get the owner of Carrot because he's such a good dude. We should get him on the podcast once.
1: Yeah, we should. I think we definitely probably could get him on the podcast. Because
0: he could talk about SEO and, and setting up that website because of part of the process to PPC is also having what they call a landing page yeah. or someplace that you can drive somebody and they can learn about who you are, what you're doing, and all these different things. Carrot is renowned for having one of the best uh, landing pages and website designs. Um, so it would be cool to maybe get him
1: on. You should talk to him because you're buddies with him, right? Get him on, man. That's for sure. Yeah, because uh, on top of our next strategy after that is his strategy. Even though I said some of those things fall into it, but his concept of how to take things for longevity that cost you nothing over time is a, is a crazy, amazing concept. And it's something that I'm just now starting to implement. So, Which is really really cool. That's but, cool. So, so then have-
0: number three is the Facebook strategy.
1: The Facebook strategy.
0: Dude. Now the Facebook strategy is super dynamic because the Facebook strategy can be both a paid strategy and it can be a free strategy. So I'm gonna talk about the free strategy and then Robert can talk about the paid strategy. So one of the free strategies that you can do is you can go into Facebook groups. And so you'll find a gazillion Facebook groups out there and you gotta find the right groups, but you can go into Facebook groups that are targeted to certain neighborhoods or certain cities and you can post, again, you have to find, you know, that everybody has covenants and restrictions on exactly what you can post in there. You Mm -hmm. can't get kicked out of there, but you, you know what, you gotta take some chances. But if you go in there and you find the right communities or the right groups, you can post, hey, I'm looking for opportunities to buy. But you can also post, hey, is anybody looking for an opportunity to, to, to buy this product that I have? It just got done. So now you can pick up buyers and you can pick up sellers that want to get rid of property or want to buy the property that you just finished. It's super powerful.
1: Oh, and by the way, it's free. Yeah you just told me something that I'm not even doing that I was just thinking I should be doing (laughs) and I'm doing a lot of different things but I was like it's so basic you know like it's so basic and that's such a really good strategy (laughs) because you know those community groups you never know you know and that's the thing it's like you're sprinkling so many things out there and you're just looking for deals in all these different categories and you know so that brings me to the you know the Facebook page strategy um. Again, you don't have to have a website to do this. You know, that's the actually interesting thing that I learned. Um, it's probably better if you can push it back to your website, but Facebook really wants you to integrate into their system. And so like, you can get leads and use their web forms and it can roll right into your email. So a lot of stuff, like half of my stuff comes right into my email, you know, for leads and stuff like that. And then the other half goes to our website. It just kind of depends on what the strategy is at the time. And there's so many different strategies but what's really good about Facebook, uh, the number one strategy, is if you have a really good anchor website, maybe you're running Google Pay Per Click, and then somebody clicks on your website, one of the cool things about Facebook is they have this thing called a Facebook Pixel, which allows you to now track the person, retarget them back. So you wanna keep, like, the number one thing I would do in a Facebook ad, and the first thing I started with was just retargeting. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, if, how do I baby step this thing, because I know nothing about these ads, right? And so I was like, okay, if I can do that, the number one thing, I watched the video on how to set up a retargeting ad, get this pixel on my website. So then if they go there, they're going to go back to Facebook. They're going to go over. Now Facebook can go and show my ad again to them just to remind them and not blasting them, but just every so often be like, oh yeah, he's looking to buy houses. Oh, he's that guy. I went to his website. He's looking to buy houses. And so that's probably the best thing I think to start out with Facebook. And then you can go infinitely anywhere from there you know like you can go targeted based off of two million different factors and look at everything right down to you know what people want to you know what they're into their interests this and that you know you can just go crazy with it and, and create ads what I really love about Facebook is their ads are really dynamic where Google ads are pretty much just stationary you know like Google when they you hit search you're just gonna be like seeing like results that are kind of in a text format when you're you know searching for something maybe and and you pop up and you've been targeted on Facebook for an ad, those are video ads or kind of like 30 second clips, you know, different things like that to capture people's eye. And so that's what's kind of cool about the Facebook side of things because you're going after like capturing their attention from that scrolling through. You want them to stop, look at your ad. And so there's some really cool techniques to kind of make that happen. And then to see if people are interested. And then if they click on your ad from there, then also you retarget them again from there. So it kind of keeps building that list out, which is pretty
0: cool. Yeah, it's, and you know what, I can already, if if a listener has not done it, I can already see them going, or and I can feel the anxiety of like, oh my gosh, what? Like, you lost me. I don't even know what you're talking about, you know? And that's the thing yeah. is you, the deeper you get into like PPC or ads or whatever, there is a big learning curve. Um, and there's a lot of testing that goes on. So you have to be willing to do that. And, but once you do, once you figure these things out, the return on investment, yeah, you're gonna spend 1500 bucks. You're gonna spend, you know, you might spend $2,500 on that one opportunity because it takes time, it takes spend, it takes consistency. But again, $2,500 to make 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, $100,000, what? Really? Like, I mean,
1: do you even have to question that? Do you even have to question that? Yeah, that's why I think I always I always say like this, if I put a dollar in, I want another dollar on top of that out. And that's a very simplistic way of looking at any of your spends and stuff that you do. And so, you know, with any of these things, you shouldn't start the next one until you have the first one set up and dialed, right? And then where you have a tracking system to measure it so you know what your return on your investment is. I mean, we're, we're spit firing because we know like what our returns are on those things. You know, I put in this about roughly and I got this. I could go back and find those exact numbers, you know, and, and that's probably what you could do too. And so that's, I think, the kind of the, the thing before people get overwhelmed with something is one baby step at a time, you know, is what you have to take when you're starting on these. And I started out, you know, sending out letters and then I went to Google and then I went to Facebook and started, now I have all those systems in place and I just keep building off of it, you know? So that's yeah. cool thing. I'm this is going to be
0: awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm really excited because I think if we could maybe land uh, the Carrot, owner of Carrot on a, a podcast, I think, or if he comes in as maybe the PPC episode, I think that would be really cool because you can take PPC and he can talk about how you use PPC and land on your landing page, which is also your website, and how that can convert. I think that's awesome. And then I think on the Facebook strategy um, I got a guy that I do Facebook stuff with. I might even reach out to him and say, "Hey, can you give some more in-depth insight on Facebook strategies when from an ad campaign perspective?" Um, so I might see if I can get my my buddy to come on for that too. So I just think, you know, Grant, I mean, at the end of the day, how valuable is that if you can put a podcast on and you can learn about different strategies and you can actually execute on them and make money? and all you had to do was listen to the podcast. Like, that's super cool. I'm so excited for this coming month.
1: Oh my God, yeah. I, I, me, I think it would be priceless, right? Because if you just told me a way that you spent $1,500 and made 180,000, I probably, admire my area, the average person makes about 45,000 a year. You, know, you just uh, showed me a way to make uh, four times my annual salary, huh? crazy.
0: It is crazy. All right, buddy. Well, I'm excited. This month's going to be awesome. We're off to a good start on uh, 2022. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com.
1: The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.